live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome in on a Thursday morning, October 26, 2023. Uh, glad to have you with us today. It's a big day on the show. It is the season finale of Generation Collaboration, season number four. A couple of things at stake. Number one, we're sending somebody to the football game on Saturday with a pair of tickets to Nebraska versus Purdue at Memorial Stadium. The first person to successfully navigate our generational questions with their partner will uh, we'll take the tickets if they want them. But perhaps more importantly on a wider scale, on a wider scale, is that uh, we will crown a champion today uh, between the generations. Will it be the boomers? Will it be the X's? Will it be the millennials? Millennials currently in the lead, but there are scenarios, there are scenarios where... It's not mathematically over. Each of the other, yes, if if certain things happen, we're just going to let it play out and see how things end up and try and calculate it as best we can while we go... Uh, but we are going to be uh, having some fun. It's going to be a wild segment, I have a feeling, coming up at 710. So uh, be listening. Be ready for uh, to call at 710 when that cue to call comes if you want to be a part of it, either trying to win those football tickets or just supporting your own generation. So that's at 710. Uh, we'll have your morning drive. We'll count down the five things people are talking about today. It's a Grow Lincoln Day. A lot of big news on Grow Lincoln, especially restaurants and retail. So listen for Robin and Dave at 810. Some new stuff coming here to Lincoln. Lincoln and one closing that I'm kind of bummed about. And then uh, 8.35 this morning, Greg Sharp will be in the voice of the Huskers to get us ready for Nebraska and Purdue. Also new Fantasy Huskers keywords coming out at 6.35 and 8.10 for picks 7 and 8. Or excuse me, uh, let's see, yeah, 7 and 8 uh, will be happening today. So uh, that's what we've got on on tap for today. Uh, we usually stick with uh mostly local stuff in in this first segment here but it's um it, it was just kind of late breaking last night uh and it's it's going to be everywhere this morning and so for those who hadn't heard uh a mass shooting last night Lewiston Maine uh heard different numbers but the late it seems like they've kind of uh focused now on around 16 people uh, who died, dozens more injured, a bar in a bowling alley, again, in Lewiston, Maine. Um, he, the thing about this one right now is the person they believe that law enforcement thinks is responsible for this is, to law enforcement's best knowledge, at least, still uh, still loose. And there's a manhunt going on right now for a 40-year-old man uh, named Robert Card. Uh, even into this morning as well. He was a uh, certified firearms instructor and member of the U.S. Army Reserves. Uh, he had recently threatened to carry out a shooting at a National Guard facility in another town in Maine and reported mental health issues, including hearing voices, according to the officials. So they have are telling people to shelter in place. They are closing down schools. Obviously, um, they found his car in a nearby town, and so they've also shut things down at that town as well. I haven't seen any reports of sightings or anything of him since then, and so uh, everyone, I'm sure, is on edge very much there with at least the possibility that he is still uh, still out there, armed and dangerous as well. So that will be an ongoing story 
throughout the course of this morning. We will get more. Uh, we will get more on the sound off to the new House Speaker. Uh, it uh, the Republicans did come together yesterday, elected a new House Speaker, and then got right to actually doing some business in the House as well. And that was they got they got all of the votes, including the Nebraska delegation. Don Bacon joined the other U.S. House members in voting for uh, Johnson, the new the new House Speaker from Louisiana. So. Uh, those are those are a couple of the uh, the national things going on right now, and and especially that first one we'll probably be monitoring throughout the show today in case there's any additional breaking news going along with that. Um, then on on the local end of things, by the way, uh, just to yeah. add in Fox News uh, just reporting the death toll in there in May and is up to twenty two. Okay, twenty two. AP and CNN still saying at least sixty. Yeah, I've seen both numbers, and so I'm sure. And you, obviously, you can. Yeah, figure Fox, out why Fox does like have a, a Fox does have a reporter on the ground in uh, Liz in uh, 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 Lewiston. Lewiston, yes, in in Lewiston, Maine. But just obviously a horrendous, terrible situation, and a you know I'm sure you're going to find out that a lot of these, at least some of these people who were killed and injured, were were uh, particularly young people because I know it was a night they had a youth bowling night. They've reported uh, in Lewiston, so just just horrendous once again. Um, moving on to some, some local items here today. Uh, Mark, this is interesting. The attorney general, uh, is, is going after some of, some of the retailers in the state in, in several counties, including here in Lancaster County, uh, that are selling, uh, Delta eight and, uh, it's a, uh, a bunch of consumer protection suits some pretty extensive ones as well, which, uh, we'll see. We'll see how this changes the situation. But we know there are a lot of retailers out there that are doing this just from driving down the street that are selling it at least. But picked a few of them out, I think, to make an example of them on yeah, this. Yeah, it. Uh, and the retailers are starting to respond to it. You filed ten uh, different suits, uh, or in ten counties, so ten suits, mm-hmm. and it has to do partly with the 2018 Farm Bill, which opened up the hemp farming industry. And putting the legal limit on Delta Nine THC, but did not address regulation of Delta Eight. Yeah, that's what made it. That's what made it federally. That's what made it legal, essentially. Right. Um, and now I had a chance to look at this suit. He's not challenging, you know, the farm bill or the legality that goes along with that. Even though I think he said in in other comments he doesn't think it should be it should be legal. But he's not actually challenging the legality of it or that they're selling it he's going more to consumer protection items yeah, the labeling labeling whether it is la- number one is it properly labeled in terms of concentration and content and ingredients and those sorts of things number one number two is the labeling directed is it directing or or, or designed to attract minors um and where which it could be particularly dangerous to um, those are those are the two main things. So it's 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 going after these consumer protection type items that the attorney general general also has under the purview of that office as well. So uh, yeah, we will we'll we'll see what we can do. Um, I, I know you said that you're, you're, there's starting to be some sort of response from some of the retailers yeah, the, that were involved. The uh, Nebraska Examiner said they're starting to get a, a some retailer response. Um, one of them. Uh, person answering the phone at the cannabis factory here in Lincoln said the store is not commenting, but okay. um, the first stop vape shop targeted 
Uh, that owner said he previously stopped selling Delta 8 that resembled Fritos and uh, as identification safeguards to ensure sales are only to adult cons- uh, consumers. Uh, interesting. Yeah, the, one of the allegations was basically there were no, also no protections that were being made to make sure that um, sales were not happening to minors. Right. And so that was another one of the things. In the, you, I, I do remember, maybe you, you, you think back, I remember we talked about this a little bit, but in August there were police raids across the state uh, where they came with warrants, you remember this uh, into into some of these stores that and they seized some of these THC products. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what the connection is. If that was you know where the attorney general got a chance to take a look at these, because if you look at the complaint itself, they include pictures of several of the products that they seized, at least in the specific complaint that I saw, and it was you know like you said one of them. Uh, in in that suit looked like a, a bag of chips. One of them looked like uh, uh, fruity pebbles cereal, essentially. Um, and then there were just labels on some of the other ones that w- colorful and you know kind yep. of it looked like d- directed directed toward minors as well. So one of the other th- uh, concerns on the labeling was the potency, I believe. Yeah, po- potency. Yeah, exactly. The, the that basically that the stuff is made, and I, I I think there's kind of a reputation about this whole market nationally right now is that a lot of people have no idea. You know, there there's not really a a regulation of this in terms of like you said potency, and that can go either direction with with this stuff too. So. Uh, we'll see if this changes a whole lot. I mean, bottom line is it isn't going to. This is, I mean, it's still kind of a. I, and, and I think some states have taken action, Mark, that have specifically made made this illegal. I'm a little surprised there isn't talk about that in in Nebraska, because I believe, like I believe in Iowa, I believe some other states too. Uh, this it's still not legal to sell Delta Eight. Um, they apparently went over top of the things in the farm bill, I believe is how they did it. I'm not totally sure exactly how the legislation situation went like that, but it's not, it's not legal everywhere. And so I'm a little surprised that there haven't, there hasn't been more talk about this at the, uh, at the state level in the legislature. And maybe it'll come this year with the attorney taking some level of action on this with the executive branch kind of, uh, being involved in this whole thing. But that's one thing that I've wondered too. And then on the other side of this, you've had people who have, urge for some level of legalization of marijuana saying hey by the way this is why we're saying we should do this because you would that this is kind of an unregulated crazy market right now and this stuff is out there at this point um and it instead should be you know more closely regulated and and become legal (laughs) again the delta eight is legal but it's not closely regulated so it's just i mean it's a bunch of uh, we got into this place with a combination mark of Odd loopholes and lack of regulation, and but I mean, it's the the, the thing about it is that it's a, obviously a huge market, right? Yeah, I mean, it's you remember back when they were selling, uh, rating even uh, some of the convenience stores were bath salts. Yeah, remember, and, yeah. and there was other um, what was it K K two? Yeah, that was that synthetic. Yeah, and that and, stuff was nasty, according and, to we. Yeah, talked to talked to Officer Chad actually about that yesterday. This this whole process you know, of this un, I, I guess you'd have to call it unregulated, right? Or, or not, uh, right? But I guess those two those were a little different too because I don't know, like they weren't explicitly made legal by federal law like this, like, right. like these things were. 
uh, with the Delta Eight, and then and then Delta Nine too. Again, the, you've the you can have less than point uh, three of Delta Nine THC, but they find ways. You know, they're still putting it in and being creative and getting that into the same products that have that as well. So that's what all of these stores, you know, that's what all these stores are doing. All, I mean, they're all over the place here in the capital city. It'll be interesting to see what kind of lobby they have on this whole thing. If this does come up legislatively as well and what the response is going to be uh, from them. So I think that's just starting. It sounded like um, <laughs> they're calling these places. One of the, one of the attorneys they got a hold of it, the journal star, at least just didn't respond um, and so there hasn't been a whole lot of strong response here at this point. So, uh, uh, any other uh, stories, Mark, that we ought to touch on here this morning? No, no uh, one that that we'll, we'll at least make mention of because we'll have it in the newscast this morning. Uh, and the Journal Star had a big article earlier this week on some of the property valuations uh, that are affecting low-income housing projects and even like the People's City Mission. Uh, their property values, because of the way they're valuing, uh, they're having huge increases in their property tax oh. uh, liability. And uh, chair of the Lancaster County Board was a guest on the Dan Parsons show. So we'll we'll have some of those comments. Uh, and you can listen to that uh, whole discussion at KLIN.com. All right. So there you go. That's what we've uh, that's what we've got here going on this morning. Uh, Thursday, too, uh, before a big weekend again for Husker Sports. Nebraska Volleyball gets going tomorrow night. Maryland coming into town. And then Nebraska football against Purdue. Guys, uh, has, the wet, has the weather forecast got any better for uh, this weekend by any chance? A little worse. A little worse, <laughs> really? I want to see I want to see if they, we've gone deep enough yet, if we're close enough to it, that the hourly forecast that the National Weather Service puts out has a little bit more detail on what is coming here. It looks like uh, our in-studio app has a high of 36 on Saturday. Yeesh. Okay. Um, yeah, and it's got, it's got, now it's got, the hour by hour on the National Weather Service has likely, as snow is l- likely starting at 2 p.m. on Saturday, going all the way through the evening and overnight hours, Saturday into Sunday. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be heavy snow, but it's got snow on the likely line, it mixed with some rain up until about midnight, and then mostly snow after that. So I was uh, checking 1011's forecast, and it, it looks like, and yesterday was just awful, I thought. Uh, you know, we thought it was going to be in the 70s, and I don't think it even hit the 60 mark. But I don't know. Last <laughs> night it was oddly, I went out it, to it, the dog got, park last night. It was, it was sort of, it looked a lot colder than it was outside. It got warmer. Is the, yeah. It is warm this but, morning when I got yeah. outside. Yeah. Uh, but 63 Sun- right now. <laughs> Sunday night into Monday, uh, Brad Anderson had it in the teens. Yeah, let's see. Sunday night into, yeah. Whew, oh, yeah, you're right. It is going to drop down. Very, very early Monday morning, Mark. Guys, when we get here, you're right. We may be we may be feeling some teens when we walk in the uh, in the studio Monday morning. So, uh, But on Saturday, uh, for a kickoff of that football game right now, looks like it'll be about 38 degrees, wind chill at 28 uh, wind at about 13 miles an hour gusting up into the mid-20s and a 66% chance of precipitation. And it's looking like that would likely be a mix of rain and snow. Anyway, we're giving away tickets to that football game coming up at 810. <laughs> or 710, 810 for, for, the our, course, for our guests on the East Coast. For the course of the season, 12 games and seven of them at home, you may go from the most pleasant home game to be at 
what happened on the field, maybe not so much, but in terms of temperature and it being nice this last Saturday to one of the worst ones yeah. this Saturday you really, all in the course of a week. You really had the gamut. You've had uh, severe storms, right? You've had, or well, I guess lightning at least. You've had like ridiculously hot with the Michigan game. Mm-hmm. You've had pretty just nice overall with the Northwestern game. Um, and now you're going to have the kind of wintry mix version of Nebraska football coming <laughs> the, up the, on Saturday. The rain and snow plus the wind in 30s is going to just make it miserable. I mean, you're going to want to be in a suite. <laughs> Which, by the way, just to be clear, not the tickets we're giving away. They are outdoor tickets. <laughs> but you're hardy. You've been to worse. People, people have been to worse. Man, I went in 2006 to Kansas City to Arrowhead to watch the Big 12 championship. There was a sheet of ice on the ground that I had my feet on the entire time, and it made my it made my feet almost numb. They got so cold at that point. It was it was like two out there. It's gonna be thirty six, way warmer than that. Yeah, but this is also Shoot, I'll go. I Talking about the the Big Twelve championship. This is four and three Nebraska hosting. This two is and one five more Purdue. step towards bowl eligibility for the first time <laughs> since the Mike Riley era. Caleb, quit downplaying it. I'm not it's downplaying. A big game. I'm just saying the comparison to a Big Twelve title. And I went away so different. And I went away sad that night. And Nebraska fans are probably, hopefully, going to be going away. Happy on Saturday. Yes. That sounds delightful. You know, Just the, like the millennials today. Hey, it, listen. Caleb doesn't really worry about the weather of the game, though. Does no, he? I'm inside. If we have a bunch of, <laughs> you know what, I'll say this. If we got a bunch of softies who won't take those tickets, I'll take them myself. And then I'll show you how it's done. How's that sound? Yes? Okay. All right, it's 625. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends. i got to check way, the sports. You, with it being this cold, you, you should check your antifreeze levels. Why is that? Well, just, you know. Make sure that your cars are protected. Oh. I thought that was a beginning to a dad joke. Sorry. <laughs> you know how to make antifreeze? No, no. no. They go wear long underwear. There it is. There it is. I knew. I like, no, he was I just knew this wasn't advice. just unsolicited car tips. <laughs> it's six twenty-six. Do you know right. which side of the car your gas gauge is on? Uh, east, where, 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 where you can pump? The, east. The, the gas uh, tank. Oh, yes, Mark told me. Which there's a I little pointer. Show, I thing. had to show you. I didn't realize that it, you're, it shows you. I mean, I know now. I, I know where my gas tank is, but I didn't know that little arrow showed you. If you get in a new car, it's very interesting. It's really helpful on a car rental. I thought you were going to ask me if I knew where to put the antifreeze in. Do you? Right next to where you put the blinker. Fluid I would just look for the place that says "put the antifreeze in here." Yeah, yeah, just above the elbow grease. Stop. 626. It's LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Getting the whole story. Always accurate coverage. 1499.3 KLIN. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the sound off on LNK today. But first, Fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, it is time to text in the keyword to 402-479-1400 and maybe get yourself a pick. The keyword for Thursday morning at 635 is generation. Ooh, this is finally a long one. G-E-N-E-R-A-T-I-O-N. Generation. It's up on the board, so I was able to just ah, assuming, look at you. assuming you spelled Cheater. it right there. Uh, generation. Text in the word generation to 402-479-1400. We'll pick one of you who texts that in within the next half hour to make the pick. 
Uh, that would be pick number seven. Let's go through real quick the the pick so far. The question this week is how many passing attempts does Nebraska have? Uh, the, the weather forecast, Caleb, probably continues to mitigate this as well in terms of what's going to happen exactly with the passing game. Although we kind of thought that against Northwestern and not necessarily the weather, but just Nebraska would be run heavy and they opened up throwing the ball around. For better or for worse, yeah. in a lot of cases, for worse at the beginning of that game. Uh, but what do we have for guesses so far with this? Uh, well, we had stayed kind of lowish and in the middle, and then yesterday, well, Luke's at 15, so he's actually the second lowest so far. Uh, Julie took the high end, took 20. I don't think we should go higher than that. I think, may- But you are free to. But yeah, you're absolutely free to. I think you should, right now, 13 is the low. With four guesses remaining, four four qualifiers remaining, you got to have one or two would under you, that. I was going to say, would you go below thirteen before you'd go above twenty? Yes, you would. Yes. Yeah. With the forecast? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Who knows though? Again, just when you think you you feel like you know what's going to happen, something something totally changes it completely. <laughs> Completely changes it. And obviously, there have been games played in bad weather where the ball's been thrown a lot before. So that could happen. It's going to kind of depend on the game situation, Nebraska ahead, behind, all of those things as well. So pick, pick, uh, pick whatever you like at that point as long as it's available. If you get that pick, and if you didn't get the pick, listen again today at 810, and then tomorrow again, same time, 635 and 810, your chance to win the prize pack, the very popular prize pack from Valentino's and Alumni Hall. All right, let's transition into the sound off, and we're going to up give you get you the latest here from Lewiston, Maine. Uh, if just waking up this morning and didn't catch this last night, uh, a a mass shooting there uh, at a bowling alley and a bar, and the belief by law enforcement is that the person who perpetrated uh, it is still at least. Uh, you know they don't they they don't know exactly what's happened with him, but they believe that he still could be uh, alive, out and armed and dangerous as well. So let's uh, let's hear the very latest on this. Law enforcement across Maine continues searching for an armed and dangerous person of interest named as Robert R. Card, connected to Wednesday night's mass shootings in Lewiston. The shelter-in-place order that currently stands in Lewiston remains. A vehicle, which was a vehicle of interest in this incident, was located in Lisbon, and we are now also asking residents in Lisbon to shelter in place. Maine Public Safety Commissioner Mike Mike Sawchuk, public schools will remain closed for at least today, along with area colleges and municipal buildings. Eben Brown, Fox News. Okay, so who is this person of interest uh, beyond his name? What what exactly was going on here and with him? The man named as a person of interest in Wednesday night's mass shootings in Lewiston, Maine, is believed to be a military reservist and a firearms instructor who may have been assigned to a U.S. Army facility in the nearby town of Sacco, according to a police bulletin. That same bulletin says Robert R. Card had been committed to a mental health facility for two weeks this past summer after he complained of hearing voices and threats. Card is 40 years old. The shootings occurred at a bar and at a bowling alley. Eben Brown, Fox News. All right. Um, you know, what do you say? Um, it's uh, terrible. It, it, it's terrible. And, and so they found his car. Uh, or what they believe is his car at in a different town in a, a nearby 
town. Um, and I don't know, I don't believe there have been any actual reports of sightings of him after this, but there isn't any confirmed, anything confirmed that he took his own life or anything else like that, mm-hmm. like, which I, I bring it up because it happens so frequently in these situations. And, and you know, I don't know if that'll be the case here or if it truly is something where he's really still out there and um, a concern. But you, you read more of my, I mean, even in, in other parts of Maine, and I don't claim to know my Maine geography particularly well, but like they're shutting down schools in Portland, Maine, Right now, that's Maine's largest city. They're closing all of those down as well. That's not even the towns that happened. Um, it's more than 30 miles away from Lewiston where this happened. Um, you got another uh, Bowdoin. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Bowdoin, Maine. Um, they've advised don't go outside uh, with this while the search goes on. That's about 14 miles from Lewiston. So you're basically having a big, not only not only these two towns, but a big chunk of the state. Uh that is essentially shutting down because of this for for safety's sake. Uh, happened last night. They began at about 5.56 Central Time, 6.56 Eastern Time. Eyewitnesses described seeing people running away from the bowling alley at that point. And this 40-year-old man that was described in that last clip, uh, Robert Card, he's from that town, Bowdoin, was the person of interest said he should be considered armed and dangerous. He's a certified firearms instructor, according to law enforcement, and a member of the U.S. Army Reserve. Recently made threats to carry out a shooting at a National Guard facility uh, at another location in Maine. Also reported mental health issues, including hearing voices, uh, the official said. So they've shared his picture, not only the pictures of that were taken by cameras when he entered buildings, but also previous pictures of him as well, so people can identify him. Uh, you can see the clothes he was wearing at that time, and they also shared a picture of the car, which is a small SUV with a front bumper believed to be painted black, um, which they have confirmed is his car at that point. They got hundreds of hundreds of police officers now working all over the state at this point and trying to get any information that they can what will happen with that. So that, I think, is the latest. I believe they have another press conference. Yes, they will uh, have a press conference at uh, 10.30 Eastern, 9.30 our time with more information at that point. But meanwhile, the the manhunt continues. Um, Then to Washington, D.C., new House Speaker. This time is confirmed by the House. The Republicans stayed together on this vote when they hadn't on several in the past. It took three weeks and four options for House Republicans to find a new speaker. But once they did, they wasted no time swearing him in, passing off the gavel, and putting now House Speaker Mike Johnson's name up above the House Speaker's office in the Capitol building. Every single Republican voted for Johnson today, and that is something that even Kevin McCarthy couldn't say after 15 rounds of voting. A little bit more about Johnson. He's in his fourth term in Congress and is the first House Speaker from the state of Louisiana. All right, a little bit more then on what happened after he was named new Speaker of the House. Not long after Louisiana Congressman Mike Johnson became Speaker Mike Johnson, the House was voting on a resolution condemning the Hamas attack on Israel. Speaker Johnson says after a long process to elect a Speaker, Republicans are ready to work together. We're going to exhibit two things here trust and teamwork. 
and this group will deliver for the American people. The speaker has put out a schedule to have a series of government funding bills voted on over the next few weeks, while also working on a short-term funding bill that would keep the government open until either January or April. Democrats already wary of Johnson have criticized him for efforts to overturn the 2020 election results. On Capitol Hill, Ryan Schmelz, Fox News. All right. Um, so he was uh, elected initially. I believe this is his. Let me see. I want to get this right. Um, became, was originally elected to the House in 2017. Um, excuse me, 2015. So he's been there for this will be four terms that he's been there. Um, chair of the Republican Study Committee, vice chair of the House Republican Conference, uh, have included have been included in his um, leadership or leadership adjacent, I guess, positions. But Louisiana LSU grad, uh, an attorney, I worked at private practice uh, at first, was elected uh, in, in 2016. I had that wrong. Twenty, not 2015. 2016. The election would have been in 2015. Um, and then, of course, there uh, much of the discussion. Today, among those who are opposing him now, uh, has to do with his vote when it came to the 2020 presidential election on the House floor and signatory being a signatory to uh, to one of the lawsuits that was in Texas about that, and then stances on on abortion, uh, gay marriage, those sorts of things. Of course, are are coming up as well right now. The, the interesting question, though, is what what was it about him that was there for the for you know whatever the 18 19 20 people who opposed Jim Jordan um i think probably Jordan particularly was it just that there was frustration with Jordan because Scalise was the one who came out of the closed door meeting but but and, and and they didn't stick to it essentially didn't stick to the plan and so when Jordan took over they said hey we're not gonna we're not gonna allow you to go around the rules that we thought we had and in this case Johnson came out of a closed door meeting he was that he was that candidate and that's really was that what that was all about <laughs> after after all was it something was it nothing about policy at that time I mean I mean and and the one we've heard most from is Don Bacon on this thing and. He's all, he's continually said it was that's what it was about for him. Mm-hmm. It was about to the point that he was willing. I mean, to the point that he was fending off obviously threats to him and his wife at that point to to go to that length. And then, um, but when Mike Johnson came out of the closed door meeting as the nominee at that point, you know, if the fourth, fifth one after all of that, uh, there was complete unison in the Republican Party. It was just interesting to see how quickly it all coalesced around him when they had such a difficult time mm-hmm. with so many other candidates from different sides of things. And so I'm not sure exactly what it was with him. If it was maybe it was a combination of just being tired of, the, of, of this whole thing. Uh, maybe it was because the process was one that everyone just thought was more appropriate than any of the other ones, um, or maybe they just like this guy uh, a whole lot. Maybe that's it as well. Maybe. But nonetheless, he'll take over. And it's significant not only because, obviously, a lot of power legislatively uh, as the Speaker of the House and a lot of impact on what direction and what gets debated, what gets discussed, what gets voted on, those sorts of things. But the other thing is the Speaker of the House would be the second in line behind the vice president to 
the presidency or something to happen to the president and the vice president, the, the speaker of the house would, would be the president. Now, hopefully that's not something that we're dealing with here uh, over the course of the next few months, but what well, I say that maybe people get mad that I say that, but uh, in any case, uh, that would would be in only certain circumstances that that would happen, but of course is rele- relevant when you're considering who who is in this position as well. So now I guess you uh, he takes over this position. It's October 2023. You're going to have all of these House members. The House is a two year deal. All of these House members running again. Some of them maybe getting primaried, uh, and then you'll be in the general, and we'll see what the House makeup is about a year and a week from right now. Right. You'll well, it'll probably take longer than that, but uh, you'll you'll have a a completely new new house class, and we'll see what the makeup is because it's very close right now between Democrats and Republicans, and it'll be an interesting question to see if this impacts the way that election goes, especially in you know you look at a Don Bacon, especially right. Is that play in? Does how much does that really play in in a place like Omaha? I don't have the answer, right? Like there's a part of me that is a little skeptical that a year from now that this is going to motivate a whole lot of people who are kind of who are, who are kind of moderates and they were going to vote for bacon but they didn't like what he the the vote that he cast for like they liked him enough before to vote for him uh-huh. but now they don't like I'm a little skeptical that's a huge I'm sure there's someone like that mm-hmm. I'm a little skeptical that's a huge population but right I could I could be wrong on that. I could be wrong on that. That's just my gut feeling. I wanted him to just thing. stick with stick to his guns and just that, keep like this was the turning thing. point. Yeah. This was when they said that they supported him up till now. Look, I get there's a ton of people who weren't supporting him who really don't like this and mm-hmm. don't like him even more after that's over. But I really wonder how big that group is. And you could say the same thing in another right, like eighteen districts mm-hmm. where where Biden probably won in the district, but you've got a Republican who is in the House seat. And those were a lot of the same people who were voting against the Jim Jordans of the world. So. I'm also just curious, overall, how different anything's actually going to be run in the House. Um, yeah, I don't... Yeah, I, I Well, and, and again, it wasn't like there was a huge... It wasn't like there were tons of people that didn't like what McCarthy was doing. Keep in mind, they just got all the votes of the Democrats, mm-hmm. along with the small group that, that was seeking to oust him. And so I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't necessarily know. I don't know. But even Kevin McCarthy, I mean, everybody, everybody cast, cast their vote for, uh, for this guy, this Mike Johnson guy. Uh, all right. Uh, other things going on here. Uh, FBI warning about a new scam to watch out for. If they tell you your computer was hacked by a foreign government, be suspicious. Not of the foreign government. Well, I mean, you can but of the person who is telling you that. The FBI is warning Americans to watch out for so-called phantom hacker scams. It's when con artists pretending to be tech support, banking personnel, or government representatives try to convince people foreign hackers have infiltrated their financial accounts. After that, they get the victims to transfer money via wire, cryptocurrency, or prepaid cards to defend against the non-existent hack. The FBI says these cold and calculated scammers have swindled some Americans out of their life savings. Carmen Roberts, Fox News. I always, uh, I don't know if this is the official position of the FBI, but I always say, uh, if you know this is happening to you, 
make sure and keep them on the line for a while so they're not doing it to someone else. Yeah, hold them up. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and go ahead and let, let turn the tables a little bit on them. That's always fun. I got a uh, I got a phone call. This was actually just last week, and it looked like I don't normally answer them, but it looked legit. Yeah, like like it was. It had not just the four hundred two, but then the next three on there looked like oh that that's a number that I might need to answer. It looked like a cell phone where you know other people have that yeah. cell phone number, and so I answer it, and it immediately you're like this is definitely yeah. a scam. So Man. I just kept they just kept going. Is, it, is this Kayla? I go, no. Is this good? Nope. And is it nope? And I just said nope. And I for like 40 seconds. Then at the end, like I heard them die a little inside and just go, okay. And just hung up. I, it's, it's an interesting question, I think, for everybody. I'm curious what everyone else does. If you get a num- if you get a call on your phone that is uh, a local number, like says it's coming from Lincoln. But it doesn't isn't attached to a name in your phone. But like your phone also doesn't flag it as possible spam. Right? Do you answer it? I like I. It kind of depends what I'm doing. But most of I don't the time have I a really. Do you, do you usually? I kind of do too. I mean that's that's generally my that's generally my thing. Because is if I'll they just really, let it go to voicemail. If they need to get a hold of me, if it's something where it's like, hey, they're they're calling. I didn't have their number, but they found a way to get my number, or I left it with them, or something like right. that. They'll leave a voicemail, or they'll send a text, right. and then it's okay, good. I know what this number is now. Yes. Or there are sometimes though where it's like, oh, I'm expecting a call, and you see one come in, and you're like, man, I still don't know. Uh, right. But I guess I'll answer it. And right. Hope. Or it's like you know, like things like, oh, I, I know the the dog groomer is going to call me back here in a while, and I don't have that number in my phone necessarily, mm-hmm. or. Or it always happens because, or like I'm getting some glasses made, and they're gonna call me when they're ready. That's the problem is you have like those things that you're expecting, and so you're on, you're answering all your calls because mm-hmm. of that, <laughs> and then it never ends up actually being them, and you're in some sort of, some sort of scam attempt or something like that too as well. Just so. continue to say nope over it's and over very, and over again. No, I, I don't necessarily like it to do that. It was so much fun. I like to, I like to act like I'm going along with it, and then I drop in a like. A, I, the the Mel Gibson ransom thing, where he's like, <laughs> he puts all the money out, and he said, instead of paying the ransom, I'm putting it as a bounty on your head, and I'm like, I'll send you the five hundred dollars in in uh, Apple gift cards if you pay me ten thousand dollars cash now in ten minutes. Clock's ticking. Nine fifty nine. I'm fairly certain you've talked about this enough. This has got to be like a top five movie for you. <laughs> I lo- it's just that moment in the movie. I love it. I'm very inspired by it. All right, at 655, we'll take a break. We're from the Capital Humane Society next on KLIN. To the Huskers, home and away. Welcome to KLIN. Now streaming live on your Amazon device and at KLIN.com. I will now connect you to the live stream. It's our weekly spotlight of pets for you to adopt from the Capital Humane Society on LNK Today. All right, let's talk pets with Matt Manchar from Capital Humane Society. Good morning, Matt. How are you doing today? Pretty good, average stuff. I'm good. Uh, tell us about what you're featuring this week. Yeah, so first off, we have Thor. And so Thor is a one-year-old Great Dane, neutered male, and he's solid black in color. And he weighs 110 pounds, so he is not small. Okay, but, uh, wow. Yeah, he's a little mini horse. And so he was surrendered <laughs> and uh, is looking for a new home. But he's very friendly. He just 
he's still kind of a puppy at a year old, and so he just doesn't really know his size. And so when it comes to meeting other dogs, he does really well. He's just really playful, but uh, kind of overwhelms uh, some some other dogs. So his ideal home is definitely going to be one where uh, maybe somebody has experience with that breed or other large dogs, and, uh, you know, he's available for adoption. All right, what else? Then we have Casper, and Casper is a one-year-old domestic short-haired neutered male. He's an orange tabby and came in as a lost cat, and unfortunately nobody claimed him, but he's looking for a new home where he can lay on the couch, get some ear scratches, and maybe over the next week or so watch some spooky movies. And right now uh, we're caring for a lot of pets. We have over 320 pets in the shelter's care right now, and so kind of pushing us to our capacity. So right now adoption fees on all pets, so dogs, Puppies, cats, kittens, and critters are reduced by 50% uh, through this Sunday, so uh, definitely take advantage of that. All right. Great time to do it then. We encourage everybody to always check out the Capital Humane Society. Thanks so much, Matt. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon, all right? Yep. Have a good one. All right. There you go, Matt Metro, Capital Humane Society. Generation Collaboration season finale coming up next. Listen for the cue to call 7 o'clock, KLI and Lincoln. For me. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right. It is 7.08. Still got a phone line open for 2479-1400. A little bit of a slow response here. Hey, come on. X's, if you're listening, let's go get on here. I'll, I'll call you out specifically. We got to pile up wins today. So here's how it'll work. First person who goes uh, will tell us what generation are. They'll partner up. We'll do the same thing as usual. Five questions about your generation. One extra point. Uh, if you get them all, you uh, can have the football tickets if you want them. I know some people some people may, uh, for various reasons, uh, be passing on them, but we'll get them to somebody here at this point. And no matter what, we're going to be uh, we're going to be updating the leaderboard as we go. Uh, millennials are in the lead at forty and two. Gen X at fifty five and four. Boomers at thirty seven and three. All are still mathematically alive at this point. That's so because we have a new scoring system, we have the new scoring system, which is much better. Which is much better. It goes on individual questions. All right. Uh, first caller is Chris and Olatha. And I know uh, he is one of my ex-partners. So, uh, Chris, we're ready to go. How are you doing today? Well, <clears throat> I hope better than last week. Yep, but we need to do I it. I don't know who Matt Pinfield. I've never heard of that guy before. We oh, I, no chance on that. Yeah, I know. That one. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. I got it. Let's get this I, thing going. We can't I, miss any. I think go. you're going down on the first one. Oh, stop it. What is it? In 1982, okay. more than 700 demonstrators rallied in New York City's Central Park to protest what? What in 1982? I mean, who, probably a lot of things. Right there, it's yeah. probably a lot of things. Oh Told my you. gosh! Told you. What could that even be? Something like uh, 1982. Man, this is t- was um. Boy, I don't even know where to, where to start with this this thing. That's a like, terrible question. Well, it had to be something like. Uh, was it nuclear weapons or something like that? Maybe, yeah. I mean, it could be like a World Health Organization thing. It should be something in the Middle East. It could be, I mean, it could be a nuclear prolif- proliferation. 
Yeah, something yeah. like that. You're burning a lot of time All for right, me let, needing to do this. this is, we're, I mean, we just got absolutely dealt the worst hand here. I'm, I mean, I'm furious. Go up or go down. Nuclear, it was nuclear weapons. I, there was some protest okay. there. Okay, yes. Uh, Protesting uh, nuclear proliferation. Or, All right, we'll go with that. Nuclear weapons. What? What? That's yep. cool. Oh, my. <laughs> what was Proliver- the... Proliferation. proliferation. What I of said. Nuclear weapons. Oh my gosh. Number two. Yeah, you said that. <laughs> the early. I like it, that. Shut up. <laughs> the early internet set sensation "Dancing Baby" was originally a dramatic fantasy sequence from what? Television? Allie McBeal. Allie McBeal. Correct. Move on. Yep, that's right. That's, <laughs> yep. Okay. Rob, Rob Reiner directed this 1986 film. About four boys who discover a dead body while out on a lake. Oh, it's Stand By Me, right? Stand yep. By Me. Yep. Stand By Me. Yep. This classic mid-80s toy could move and read you a story. Uh, Teddy uh, Ruxpin. Teddy Ruxpin. Yep, Teddy Ruxpin. Boom. Boom. Oh God, this is such a give me. Total Eclipse of the Heart was a hit for which Welsh singer? Oh, that's Bonnie, not, Tyler. Bonnie Tyler. Yeah, that's not that easy. Jeez. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do, you, look, let's go. do you want millennials or boomers for the extra point? Well, we got to go millennials. All right. I mean, baby questions. Yeah. All right, give us millennials. What nickname did Helga Pataki use what? to bully Arnold? Oh, no. I don't know. Oh, come I on. See, that's the problem with millennials. I've got there. I have a blind spot with my. I have a huge blind spot on that. Do you? Um, have a, I don't know that. It's Hey Arnold, but I don't know anything about the show. What nickname did what Helga? What nickname did Helga Pataki use to bully Arnold? I got nothing, man. Nothing at all. Oh my god! Was it? Was it? Hey, hey, Arnold! Arnold! That was the show. Yeah, hey, Arnold. Do you have any? Well, guess? We don't get a loss for this, right? No, we don't. You're right. No, this was just for the, this for the tickets, and you yeah. didn't want them anyway, probably. So no. All right. No, I, I, we don't care. I What's don't. the answer? Football head. Football head. All right. Thank you. You did your you did your duty as an exer. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. All right. All right. We got to keep getting these though. That's that's not enough. All right. Next on the line is John. Good morning, John. What generation are you? I am a boomer. Okay, right, boomers. Let's go, let's go boomers. John. Here we go. Everybody's still alive. All right. In the film Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying About Worrying and Love the Bomb, which actor plays more than one role? Peter Sellers. Yeah, it's got to be. Woo! Let's go. What metal construction toy was popular in the 1960s? I know that. Um, the Erector Set. Yep. yep. Which singer performed the title song for 1964's James Bond film Goldfinger? Goldfinger. Uh, oh my gosh. Wow. Goldfinger. Famous. Yeah, this is Goldfinger. I, I can hear the song. <laughs> I know. I can hear the song too. But I don't know who the. Oh my gosh! Any idea, Mark? Any idea at all? Thinking like, is it? Is it? Is this who sang it? Which singer performed the title song for 1964's James Bond film Goldfinger? Well, John Barry was was the music director. There was a lady by the name of Shirley Bassey. That's it. Back in that's got to be it. Yep. I sure. I couldn't come up with it, but yeah, you're right. Sure. Got it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh going on to serve only one term, he was elected president in nineteen seventy six. Oh jeez. 
Gerald Ford. Say that a question again. Going on to serve only one term, he was elected president in 1976. Oh, uh, no, president. it's not Ford. Wait, what wasn't Ford then? No, no, no. Ford, um, was, Ford was appointed. Appointed, correct. 1976. 1976. Serve one. Come term. on. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, that had to be. Is that Carter? Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, Carter. Carter. Yes, jeez, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, uh, who stars as Catwoman in the third and final season of Batman in 1967? Oh, Eartha um. Kitt. Got it. All, All right. right. Do you oh guys want a Gen X or a Millennial question? What do you think, Mark? Well, Millennials are further away from us, so I don't know Gen X, maybe. Let's do Gen X. I agree. Let's go. Which two tennis players were known as Fire and Ice? One for his hot temper, the other for being calm and cool. Ooh. Well, um, one one of them's got to be McEnroe. Okay, so then the other one's going to be maybe Bjorn Borg? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you. Yeah, got it. You did it. Nice job, John. Yeah. You did Thank it! You. you got those. Mark, once again, Mark you did, did it. John, you you want those football tickets? I do want those football tickets. Nice! Wow! Nice! Bundle and, and, up and be loud. And That's we a, did it, John. Nice job. We did it together, Mark. Thank you. Hey. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Great work, John. Oh, awesome. Hang tight. We're gonna get your information. All right. Wow. That is, that was exciting. All right. So I boomers would, get one. I would not have come up with Earth Kit. Um. I can't believe you guys took so long on Jimmy Carter. <laughs> well, I had the way it was worded because Ford uh, was never elected president, right? So yeah, so you were yeah. Well, seventy seven. I just knew that that was Jimmy Carter was a president when I was born, so that's how I I knew that one quickly. But all right, so John got that. Uh, so the ad adds another perfect. We, so we still have like seven, eight, nine minutes left. So oh, we have plenty we of time. Want I all, move stuff all around. generations open open up your phones. You're, you're playing for fun. You're playing for your generation you're, you're now. Realize, you realize but, which generation hasn't added anything. Yet that's today? true. Come on, let's get some uh, let's get some uh, millennials here out here. Okay. Because if they trip up, things get really interesting. Yeah. Wake Otherwise, up, guys. Mark, it's just we got to just hit a bunch of them. Yeah. Otherwise, all right. Who's next? Ooh, Brett. Brett. This is me. Then this is another X. I know my whole team at this point. Good morning, Brett. How are you? Good morning. All right, I'm let's good. let's and get yet it. you get mad when James calls. <laughs> Come on. Four two four seven nine fourteen. Two lines open, by the way, uh, for after Brett. All right, okay. let's get it going, Mark. Which rapper released the classic yes. nineteen ninety two debut album, The Chronic? Uh, do- that's Doctor Dre. Okay. No, Doctor no, Dre. Dr. Dre. Sorry, Doctor Dre. He played the lead in films Injustice for All and Scarface. Pacino. Pacino. Yeah, Pacino. This buddy sitcom stars Branson Pinochet, uh, Pinshot, or whatever it is. Perfect Strangers. One could own a life-size replica of of ALF or sport E.T. on a lunchbox thanks to a marketing trend known as what? What? Say say that one more time. One could own a life-size replica of ALF or sport E.T. on a lunchbox thanks to a marketing trend known as what? I know this one. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's basically using TV... well, th- those are the things they mentioned are like aliens, right? So is it about them being on TV or is it about 
them being like spa- space the, aliens. What's the marketing trend? Marketing trend. Unfortunately, Brett and I are completely... Do you want me to give you guys another hint? Yeah, give me another hint if you want to. They do an entire scene on this in Spaceballs. Merchandising, merchandising, (laughs) merchandising. (laughs) All right, thanks, Caleb. (laughs) Wow, look at the millennials reaching a hand across the aisle. The United States invaded... The United States invaded this Caribbean island nation in October 1983. Oh, God. Uh, man. It would be like, I don't, Haiti? But why? What no, Caribbean islands would there even be that they Caribbean nation. Caribbean nation. You're right. Hate, would it be Haiti? Why would they? Inv- I mean, that's not uh, Cuban. Uh, it's not Cuba, is it? I don't think they invaded Cuba. Yeah, I don't think so. So I want to say, I mean, I, I'm thinking something like, you know, yeah. what's out of the Jamaica, Belize, right? Like, um, nation, oh, Dominican Republic, Dominican Republic. Belize is in Mexico or is in the Central America. Oh, yeah, that's not a. You're right, not in the Caribbean. Man, I don't know, Brett. What do you? Do you have any gut feeling? I have no idea. So we've gotten a few already. I sort of want to say Haiti, but I don't know why. Yeah. Let's do that. All right, Haiti. Dang it. What was it? Don't you remember they had to go in and rescue medical school students in Grenada? I was six. No, I don't remember it. No. Well, it was Grenada. Dang it. All right, Brett. We did. We got We got some points there. Thanks for, uh, thanks for the help. And Gen X falls to third. Stop. All right, <laughs> what's next? Who's next? We've got Mike. All right, Mike. All right, Mike, what generation? Uh, boomers. All right, boomers are trying to take this thing here. Uh, here Good morning, from all right, uh, from Seattle, guys. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, boomers are going with Mark here. All right, here we go. The television series Route sixty six follows two young men traversing the U.S. in what iconic vehicle? Corvette, right? Yeah. Although untrue, a popular urban legend spread that this singer died by choking on a ham sandwich. <laughs> Mama Cass. Yeah. Cass Elliot, to be more precise. This game came with a spinner and a board the size of a rug. Twister. Twister. Who said the famous quote, that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind? Wow. Neil? I'm just going to give it to him for Neil. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody named Neil. I was waiting for Mark to say Armstrong. Uh, This horse horse won the Triple Crown in 1973. Um, Secretary. Secretary, yes, yes, yes. All right. Uh, We don't really even need to do the extra point anymore, Caleb. There's no real reason to, right? No, they they, they can get two points. points. Okay, they can't get points. All right. I don't get our scoring system. Do you want Gen X or Millennials? You call it. Gen X. All right. Gen X, what city was the target of a bombing carried out by Timothy McVeigh and Terry oh, Nichols in 1995? Oh, okay. Oklahoma City. Oh, Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City. All right. Good job, Mike. <laughs> You're getting the boomers back in it here. they got a few minutes yeah. left. Congratulations. Thanks for playing, man. Appreciate it. There you go. All right. Wow. Mike. Wow. All right. Who's next? we still got a few more minutes. We've got Charlie here. Charlie, what generation? Boomer. Boomer. Oh, they're going right. to try and do this. Yeah. They're running it. it. The Boomers it. are running it. 
Loving it. The Archies had a hit in 1969 with this bubblegum classic. Dun, 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 dun. Honey, honey. Dun, 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 dun. I'm sorry, Mark, Jack, can you stop? I'm trying to listen. Sugar, sugar, I think. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I might have saved him there. What creepy, kooky TV series lasted only two seasons? Adam's family. <laughs> after, I haven't said a word yet. After 57 hours from after 57 hours with the USO, what celebrated entertainer was declared an honorary veteran? Bob Hope. Wow. Granddaughter of a notable publisher, she was convicted of and later pardoned for crimes she committed on behalf of a terrorist group that kidnapped her. Patty Hearst. Patty Hearst. Dang! Which, are here! Which comedy group released a 1975 film about the Holy Grail? Oh, a Monty Python. Boom! All right, extra extra millennials for the extra point. What? Which do you guys want? Extra, extra, extra millennials. Take X. X. All right. <laughs> what de facto Panamanian leader was captured by U.S. forces during the invasion of Panama in 1989? Daniel Ortega. Sorry, I had to I had to start it over because it was. Or wait a minute, what well, did you that, say? Wait, 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 wait. You said wait. Daniel Ortega. You said Daniel Ortega. I'm sorry, I looked no, at just the end no, of the name. No, 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 no. I didn't. It's not done yet. What? What? What do you? No. What's the answer? What? Say, do the question. Panamanian. Marcos. Marcos. What de facto Panamanian leader was captured by U.S. forces during the invasion of Panama in 1989? Marcos. No. Remember, his wife was a Melvin. No, that was uh, that was the Philippines. A Noriega. Noriega. Okay. That's right. There it is. I think Caleb thought that's what you said first. Regardless, the boomers sweep it again. A little close there at the end, but nice job. Nice job. Good job, Charlie. Charlie, good job. Okay. Uh, uh, what's the situation right now, Caleb? I'm sorry. I know I'm put, you're doing a billion things um, right now. Right but. now, I am still... Uh, tenths place, hundredths place, thousandths place, nine hundredths ahead, or nine thousandths ahead of the w- boomers. Would, one, would one more boomer sweep do it to put them ahead, or a millennial loss? A millennial loss would have to happen. Millennial call in and lose. Hey, again, if you're not the sharpest millennial out there, please call in right now. Because I've, I've made an alliance with the boomers here at this point. <laughs> Any millennial, just call in, and just, we'll get a question right so it'll look like we played, and we can walk out with another championship. Or, or, uh, and one boomer sweep wouldn't be enough? No. Two boomer sweeps? 402-479-1400. Pull a millennial out of the traffic, um, I'm Saber <laughs> Traffic Studio. Oh, is, is Steven a millennial? Gotta be. Steven! I don't know if he is. I, I can't I see him. I don't I know if he is. I'm, I'm going to feel bad. I, I, I well, didn't card him, you, so you, you I don't. Can, you can get Beck from B. I think, I don't know that we're, oh, we got a call. We got a call. All right, we'll see what it is. 402 Oh, it disconnected. All right, time's clicking. Millennials are running out the clock. They're taking a knee not, right not, now. Not again. They're taking a knee with no, minutes left. No victory formation here. Then none of the millennials are going to call in because they're smart. They're taking a knee too, right? Yep. Well, I shouldn't say they're smart, but they're doing the obvious they're doing the obvious thing here. But it's too bad. If if James wants to play all the time, why is James not calling in now? That's what I'm wondering. All right, Matt is on the phone. Let's find out. Matt, good morning. What ge- what generation? I'm gonna play with the millennials. 
You're going to play with the millennials? Oh, okay. That feels like wait, sabotage. Wait, is this sabotage? <laughs> this sounds like potential sabotage. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Uh, all right, well. Uh, what? Are, are you on the line? I'm just doing what you said, Jack. <laughs> you said. I, I asked not bright. In. Yeah, I said not bright millennials to call in. All right, and this is our last caller, <laughs> by the way. I'm just not a millennial. Oh, okay. So I'm well, going to play with millennials, right? All right. Like okay. Cool. Let's see how this goes then, I guess. Uh, all right. The ni- this '90s hip hop star uh, could not lie about liking big butts. <laughs> Sir Mix-a-Lot. Uh, Ro- Rob Schneider plays the lead in this 1999 comedy about a desperate man dabbling in prostitution. Oh yeah, Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo. <laughs> what disgruntled feline became an internet celebrity in 2012? <laughs> Are you gonna help me out at all, Matt? Spaceballs. It's, it's Grumpy Cat. Nice, good job, Matt. You're doing your job. It's a Buffy the Vampire Slayer spinoff about a vampire looking to do good. My wife loves it. It's Angel. This is terrible. There's no, the Matt can't. Matt can't even get a word in to screw him up. We, we with the slogan, "We are the 99 percent." This protest movement formed in New York City in 2011. Ooh, Matt, what do you think? Um, uh, I. I don't know. Pocupy <laughs> Paul Street, right? <laughs> God, jeez, yeah. crap. I don't know. Do you even? It's over now because you can't lose any points. What do you want, Caleb, for your victory? I can't lose any points. Uh, uh, let's let's do a I, Gen X question I since that's who I'm playing with. I couldn't even. I know. It up. I know. I appreciate it, Matt. <laughs> what adventure comedy movie featured the Truffle Shuffle? <laughs> Well, that's the Goonies. Yeah, it doesn't matter now, Matt. You tried. We appreciate your spying for us. <laughs> Thank you for trying. Stupid. Mark, stupid millennials did it again. You tried. You put up a valiant effort. This is... That was a... That was a good job. I was proud of the boomers today. Hey, since we're, we're children of the greatest generation. Yeah. They, that was... Thanks, Mom and Dad, for that one. Yep. Right? But still lost. Congrats, Caleb. Thank you. Again. Thank you. So dumb. 728 on KLIN. Today, this is the Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 738. Let's get going with the Morning Drive. We are going to start, as we always do today, with... Sorry for the delay here with... Number five. Bowling alley in a bar in uh, Lewiston, Maine. Locations of a mass killing this uh, last night, actually. Early reports have the number of dead uh, between 16 and 22, with possibly another 50 to 60 suffering shooting and trampling injuries. Manhunt underway for a suspect, Robert Card, firearms instructor, a member of the Army Reserves. But he's also uh, been reported to have had some mental health issues earlier this summer. And most recently, uh, it was reported that he has started to hear voices. This is a developing story as the day goes on. Right. And this was, I mean, not much has changed, Mark, from the information we had at the very beginning of the morning here on this. Um, It's still obviously considered at at least being cautious about him still being out there at this point. The only thing I can add now is that federal agents from the FBI, ATF, DHS have joined the search for the person in addition to a whole bunch of local law enforcement there. They've sent dozens of agents and other staff to assist the local and state police leading the investigation. SWAT teams, intelligence collection, or evidence collections 
all of those sorts of things are actually looking at cell phone signals to try and identify his movement in the hours and days before the shootings, plus looking at social media at this point. There is a news conference coming up at 9.30 uh, this morning, our time, where they may have more at this point. But you've now got schools and entire towns within, you know, 30, 45 minutes of this town, Lewiston in Maine, that are also shutting things down because the car was found in another town as well. And he lived so not even too in far Portland. from there. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's the latest there. Obviously, it's very terrible. I just want to get, get the... Uh, get the latest if people heard about it last night or just finding out here this morning what we know so far and what the very latest is which uh, again not a lot has really changed since we heard about the the latest details just waking up this morning number four quoting attorney general mike hilgers it's a game of russian roulette and nebraskans are losing end quote uh, he appeared before the media announcing a launch of a major statewide action against several uh, cannabis retailers He's uh, saying that they're selling THC products deceptively packaged and mislabeled ingredients and potency. Ten different uh, suits filed, I believe, in ten different counties. Yeah, and I had a chance to take a look at at the suits, and it's exactly what you said, Mark. Um, It's not necessarily going after... I mean, it's, it's been made legal by the Farm Bill, right? And... So it's not challenging the legality for the time being of of selling it. It's going after the packaging, whether it's targeting children. It's going after the packaging in terms of whether or not it actually has the ingredients and the potency accurately listed on it. It's going after whether or not there are uh, procedures followed to make sure that they're not selling so to minors. It's all of those things. It's a consumer protection around it. Then, is what it is. Yeah, yeah, and that's exact, and and that's one of the. The areas of the attorney general's office is the consumer protection division of of it as well. So yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. Now, it'll be interesting to see if this does lead to a discussion in the state legislature coming up this next this next session about taking state action to make these substances illegally because they were kind of. They kind of went through a loophole, basically, in in federal law with the Farm Bill. And you wonder, because some states have taken this action, right? Where they've... I believe they have. they've, uh, they've, They've done that. And so it could, in theory, come up, but it hasn't come up in the Nebraska legislature yet. 15 states... Let's see, I got the... uh Let's see a number. This was the 2018 Farm Bill was the one that legalized hemp, right? Hemp and industrial mar- hemp. Industrial yeah. hemp. But yep. hemp and marijuana are both cannabis plants, but hemp refers to the one that contains 0.3 or less of Delta 9, which is the psychoactive compound. And marijuana, on the other hand, contains about 15% on average. So the bill made no mention of Delta 8, though, which is a slightly different, slightly less potent version of the compound. And the omission makes it legal for vendors to sell it as long as it comes from hemp and not from marijuana, essentially. So in an, it kind of inadvertently made this loophole. Some states have covered it up. Others haven't. Nebraska hasn't at this point. But that's why it's not regulated. <laughs> I mean, the federal government can take some steps to... To do some regulation on this too, but they haven't. And it's the wild, wild west when it's out there in terms of these products. And that's a big reason too why you have all kinds of shady products that are out there. At, at least as the Attorney General is is alleging here in this case. I would suspect if there were any federal re- regulation on this, this would be a lot different situation. But 
there's just it's it's not there right now. So we'll see if the state government tries to do some of this at this point. And just a reminder, though, that the legislature uh, is in their short session, and you know there's a lot of other issues that they're going to have before them. Right. I don't know whether they'll take it up or not. Now, yeah. the other side of that is the U.S. Farm Bill is being debated once Congress gets back to full, <laughs> yeah. full uh, action. We're operating under that 2018 Farm Bill, even though it had expired September 30th. It continues until the new one is uh, finally passed and signed. And maybe something changes in that then. It's possible. Possible. Yep. We'll see. But, I mean, look at all the... Bi- but all you got to do is drive around Lincoln and see all the businesses that have... Strobe lights. You know, basically and- cropped up since this. Um, and it's it's really grown. And so that's going to be a major interest, I would think, in these discussions, too. Is when you've got all kinds of businesses that are relying on this as well now. So. Well, and it, and it goes to the medical uh, cannabis, medical marijuana efforts on on labeling and regulations and the whole uh, the whole cannabis. Yeah, that's why. I mean, yeah, that's true, and that's probably you know that's what people who are pushing for some level of legalization of marijuana are saying. Hey, so you, like, so you can hey, control. It. If we had this, the, the you could control it. Hilders responded to that and basically said, "Well, look, I don't think the Delta H should be legal at all. It's not a matter of regulation. He thinks it just shouldn't be legal, but." He can't. He can't just make it illegal. That's going to take state action, right. To do that, and I wouldn't be surprised if at least that this isn't isn't kind of paving the way for something like that. All right, moving on. Number three, National Weather Service, five thirty this morning issued a new uh, weather update. I guess you'd call it. It's a, their severe uh, package, and they've upped the uh, winter weather. Uh, I guess you'd call it a forecast. For this weekend, starting tomorrow with some very strong winds we here in our area, winds of uh, 30 plus, dust to near 40 by the time you get to Grand Island, and the possibility of freezing uh, light snow or freezing drizzle on through Sunday morning here in the Lincoln area, all the way basically throughout all of southeastern Nebraska. So it doesn't sound like Lincoln specifically and, and the immediate surrounding area for Lincoln, Mark, taking a look at this is is particularly high level of risk for you know snow even an inch or more. I think it gave Lincoln a six percent chance That's of seeing an inch plus or snow of snow. So and even and it really it tamps down to zero percent just in parts of Lancaster County. But it looks like that on Saturday and after the winds on Friday that you were talking about, it's it's going to be kind of that mixed bag thing in the afternoon and into the evening. And we all know what a fiasco the first winter event is when it comes yeah. to travel. That's a good point. And that'll probably, I mean, the precipitation is probably going to really get started in in earnest uh, with some rain on Saturday morning and then turn into that turn into that little bit of a mix during the day on, on Saturday into the later afternoon, into the evening hours as it gets colder outside but yeah you could you see rain when you wake up on saturday throughout and then that mix again if you're going to the football game on on saturday you're looking at about 36 degrees at kickoff you're looking about wind gusts about 20 miles an hour um you're looking 65 percent of some kind of precipitation at that point which will probably be a some kind of a mixed bag a precipitation. That's, that's so. got to just cut down the passing game, I would think, on both sides, won't it? Yeah, well... That, w- Hard to cut it down more. One would think, <laughs> but this is what Matt Rule wants. He's ex- He's been excited for this, so... But that's a good point, Mark. 
You always got to remember, if you're right around the freezing temperature like that, too, even if there's not a whole lot of snow, if it gets down there in the evening, um, always an interesting experience on that first time that you're having any kind of winter weather. It looks like that'll be Mm -hmm. happening for the first time on Saturday. Hang on to the football. And then, by the way, uh, Monday morning, as Mark mentioned earlier, when when you go to work, or when we go to work at least, you're going to maybe in the teens at that point. So hard freezes are coming, too. So I hope you enjoyed the fall colors, because with that wind and the precipitation, there's not going to be many leaves left. There's not many left in some parts of town already. Already, yeah. Number two. Tim Levin updated his story yesterday, and uh, starts out, it's hard to visualize now, but rows of panels soon replacing corn and soybean rows east of Lincoln with that big solar project. Uh, oh, that's right. A lawsuit, a boiling point in the lawsuit which aims to strike down that special permit given to Ranger Power Company by the Lancaster County Board, but the project is moving forward. That's right. So, and, the, and you got people who support the project, according to the story, too, to getting these, to generate this kind of, um, to, to get this kind of energy that's going to power a whole bunch of homes as well, but you've got people in the area. We talked about this when they first did it, when they were really concerned about this special permit that was given there here at this point. And so this is basically going to go through the it's going to basically go through the judicial system here, Mark. Yeah, and that'll determine whether or not you've got those solar projects still moving ahead until we've got until they hear something from the court at this point. And the so. demand, of course, we've uh, been able to confirm since that, that permit that the uh, the Google site is going to be up and operational in, right. in a few years. Big power demand there. Yep, that's true. All right, moving on. Number one. Kind of a precursor to the next segment on Grow Lincoln, but South Point Pavilions Tuesday announced adding four new tenants, including a well-known national clothing retailer. So they're getting a J. Crew factory. Um, that's going to be opening apparently on Black Friday. Wow. Oh, what an open. Jeez. Oh, man. Nothing like getting the employees right into the mix of things right after that. Uh, also, a place called Toy Time. That's going to be uh, sometime in November. And then there's a, a bunch of people. I was talking about this yesterday. I had never heard of this uh, furniture place. Uh, modular couches. It's called Love Sack. Oh, I've seen those uh, advertised. Have you? People, yeah. People were people were surprised. I had never heard of it. I hadn't heard. Of it. Apparently, they're very pop- popular. Where they have like beanbag chairs and modular couches and home decor and and that kind of stuff. So that that's not going to open until February. And then we got a new restaurant, JoJo's Diner, uh, which is going to open by the end of the month here as well which is i think they have some locations in omaha i think matt olberding said that in in his article as well but between this and this is a um breakfast lunch dinner place okay and then the early bird place you saw they had an article that oh, that yeah. place is going to open which is early very bird popular gets the pancakes yeah the early bird place we tried to eat there in west des moines a couple of weeks ago when we were there on a Sunday morning at like 9.30 a.m. That was stupid. <laughs> that was stupid. So There's an appetite for brunch. Lincoln, I, I've said it many, many times. Lincoln has an insatiable appetite for brunch that the supply in the city, especially on Saturday and Sunday mornings especially, <laughs> that the city, the city brunch purveyors have tried to keep up with but is hard sometimes. And so adding a couple more to the mix. Yeah. To try and deal with that. But <laughs> have you seen the latest pancake commercials on television and, and some of the 
pumpkin spice pancakes being served in several of the pancakes type restaurants. Can you imagine? Would you? I think I'd imagine that. That's one of the places that sounds pretty. Doesn't that sound good? Would you have that? You'd, you'd be all right with that, Mark, wouldn't you? I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 what I, do you like pumpkin in? I like it in uh, vanilla shakes. Oh, jeez. Okay. You know, like a smoothie. Oh, okay. Pie. Pumpkin pie. I like pumpkin spice donuts. Pumpkin pie. I have one slice of pumpkin, one and exactly one slice of pumpkin pie per year on Thanksgiving. That's it. That's it. You're so weird about holiday foods. I just, it's not, it's it's not even about, it's really about the tradition. It's not because I enjoy it so much. It's just. You don't enjoy pumpkin pie. It's fine. One slice is exactly what my body needs to function. Wait, no, you're saying you don't enjoy pumpkin pie. I kind of enjoy the idea of it. It sounds like you're eating it out of obligation. I'd be disappointed if I didn't have it. He wouldn't eat it at all if it touched the other food. Now, I'll tell you what I do like pumpkin in. You've heard about that, haven't you? Yeah, I don't like my food. I don't like certain types of foods to touch, and I don't like this. Right. But but I will tell you what. uh, My wife makes some pumpkin bread. Mmm. That's good. It's really good. I should. Yeah, we've got pumpkin muffins at home right now. Mm, she does a good job with that. That's I do. You know, here's something kind of weird and gross I do with it. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you. I put butter on it, and then you know what I take on top of it? I take half a slice of American cheese, like Kraft pre-wrapped American cheese, and put it on top of that. And I don't know why, but I love that. Kind of weird. You're weird. A little weird. And you'll have more than one of those a year. Yeah, I'll have well, too many. Way too many. But I like it, right? I like it. Pumpkin pie is delicious. We need to rank pies sometime. No. Oh, I'll always take pe- I'll always take pecan over pumpkin. I mean, just in terms of a straight up. Oh, I'm not naming straight naming up pumpkin number one at all. Yeah. Um, always take pecan. But then I'm always going. But even before that, if there's any kind of a chocolate situation, I'm always going for that before fruit or pumpkin or pecan. Never. Always. Never chocolate. You- Chocolate shouldn't even come close to a pie, nor a cake. Well, you don't a cake. All right, now, now we're going down okay, the dark that, territory. Now you're just trying to be. This is just shock value takes here, no, right? No, chocolate I, should not come close to a cake. No, isn't the original? Isn't the first cake ever made chocolate? No, I bet it was. Yeah. Roman Empire type stuff. I bet it was. I, that's an interesting take, Mark. You don't like like French silk. No. Or like or like chocolate peanut butter pies no. or that sort of thing. The only thing that I like chocolate is Reese's peanut butter cups. <laughs> you only like pumpkin in your vanilla shakes, and you only like chocolate in your Reese's peanut butter. Yeah, but I also like Ludafisk and Lefsis. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That does say a lot. <laughs> All right, it's 7.54. We'll take a break. You are listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends. That was your morning drive brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on KLIN. Your home for Husker football is 1499.3. Presented on KLIN by Liberty First Credit Union. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back. 62 degrees in the capital city at 758. If you missed it earlier, the Millennials added their fourth straight championship on Generation Collaboration, but Another we were one. going back through the calculations and the numbers. It was very, very touch and go there at the end. Very close. Well, like, the, the fact that anyone called and 
identified as a millennial meant I had to clear the card. Yeah, if you would have missed any of those questions. Even, even the, not the uh, the Gen X bonus one. Any um, of the first had five. Had we gotten four right and then missed the fifth one to the, not clear the, the card. The boomers would have won. Boomers would have been the champions. Coming from third place to first. While I floundered with, with my, I'm getting so many texts about Grenada. I feel terrible. I was six years old. <laughs> I was six years old, but I should have known that. Should have known that. It hurts. It hurts, but we'll see you again, Generation Collaboration, probably in 2024. Another shot at that. Yeah, morning. we'll get back to That'll it. That'll get us through us the, through the uh, dark parts of winter. It's 8 o'clock on KLI and Lincoln. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, welcome back, 810, and it's time for another keyword for Fantasy Huskers. This hour's keyword is... Millennials. Oh, crap. Oh, no. Oh, I've you erased, erased it, it from the board. Oh, man. Oh, no. Uh, Man, I'm going to screw this. I can't think if there's two L's or one without writing it down. Um, Hold on, I'm going to type it while I say this. No. Well, people are texting it in already. M-I-L-L-E-N-I-A-L. No? Two ends. Two ends. Oh, I was thinking so much about the L's, I messed up the N. Sad. As if a matter I, of fact, there are three L's in the word. If I had, well, the two L's together. <laughs> had I, If I had a pen and a paper, I would have got that right. M-I-L-L-E-N-N-I-A-L-S. Millennials. It's just been that kind you of You can also spell me. it champion. Oh, brother. <laughs> Huge eye roll. <laughs> All right. Uh, text that in, and uh, we're going to pick one person who texts that in to... Uh, to make the pick on Fantasy Huskers about how many passes Nebraska attempts against Purdue. And if you want to take a look at what's been guessed so far, check out KLIN.com to strategize your own pick. All right. With that said, let's say hello to Robin Eshleman, Dave Albers, the Grow Lincoln team, joining us right now to talk about business news, restaurants, retail, opening, closing, moving, everything that's happening in your neighborhood. Good morning, Robin. How are you doing hello, today? Hello. How are you guys? Good. Good. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, gentlemen. Yep. All right, ready for the snow? Or, yes. Yeah. Or the dusting of snow? It doesn't sound like it's going to be a significant amount of accumulation. It's just going to be wintry mix for uh, Saturday night and Sunday. So we exciting. had that. We had that. I'm not going to do it impulse all week at the house. You know, at supper time, you're getting ready for dinner and you realize the house is 83 degrees. <laughs> like, do I turn, turn on the air oh, conditioning absolutely. for 45 minutes? 100%. <laughs> Why else do you have, have it? it. Yeah. Uh, that's what I say yeah. in my house. Like, I, what, what principle exactly? What, I mean, I, I guess you're saving a few cents, but you, at any time you could turn it off and save that money. And then so. do I turn the heat on? When I go to bed, Again, because it's going to drop. Yes, to... exactly. The answer to all of those questions is yes. Affirmative. Why did you? Why do we have heating and cooling systems if we don't use them is... when we most want them? Yes, I've never why, understood why, that. What is that? I mean, we turn it on in our car the minute we feel right. like. We, but That's in our my house, theory. we post on Facebook about how we're relentless and strong, and we're not going to turn it on. It's so weird. Where sometimes, I mean, look, I'm sure there are people who are consistently frugal in all parts of their lives, but a lot of us are like very selective. 
selectively, very selectively frugal about yes. things, right? <laughs> yes. Have you ever noticed that? Oh, yeah. Uh, On point. Uh, yes. All right. Let's talk about news. Uh, we've got news from downtown Lincoln, it looks like, here with a closing. This is disappointing, Robin. What's What, what can you tell us? Stir exactly? 22 is, really? is calling it quits on November uh, 4th. They were at 13th and oh. Now, this is not to be confused. They had two locations at one time. Um, they were at Rathbone Village, and they sold that one to Lila Mays. That one is still open. That doesn't. Lila have, Mays is open. Lila yes, Mays yes. is still open. That doesn't have anything to do with this one. Um, but Charles over there at Stir Twenty Two is going to continue manufacturing and distributing the spices and selling them to grocery stores. Okay. Um, so you'll be able to to pick God. up his seasonings. That was such a cool, unique place. They all. I mean, I've had it a couple of times. Spicy but I good. Just, yeah. man. It was that unique. Is, I'll, that I'll is agree really with you too there. bad. That is really too bad. Um, but you know, it's. I'm sure there are very good reasons for for doing trends, it. It wasn't. Trends, I wasn't the one running it. So. Trends come and go. Yeah, and just to hear him talk, how hard the restaurant business is. It's a seven day a week, a constant battle to get staff. Yeah. Um, I was hoping maybe you were going to say. I was hoping maybe you were going to say there was going to be some kind of a food truck situation or something, but maybe that's maybe that'll still happen at some I, point. Yeah, he may be doing that. that All could right, be. another closing uh, downtown Lincoln. Wow, this one is. Uh, this was one that I was uh, felt like it's an establishment that I've known to be downtown Lincoln in a, for a long time. Yeah, uh, Bodegas Alley at fourteen eighteen o-, o Street. The business is for sale, uh, and it has been open for decades, but mm, might be closing. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like it. They've uh, it's been going on a long time. Live music is a, a, you know a big a big part of that. There's some pretty there's pretty big musicians that originate from Lincoln that came up performing there during right. college years during the '90s and other even before that as well. Um, and so it yeah. just goes to show you how that bar business is constantly evolving. Right, and it's hard to see a long-term trendy type of bars stay trendy okay it, est- it was established in 1996 huh i just had to look mm-hmm. that up that's interesting so that was right it was a hot spot right when my generation was in college just opening up and a, a hot music spot there too if so. only they would have allowed dogs because dog bar is the thing now. Yeah. yeah, I haven't I haven't been yet to one of the dog bars, but you I thought you were going to go to one. Puppy to a dog bar? I might, but I like I have. You have to get all your papers together and stuff to get in there, right? Like that's I don't. You can that, scan them I, and put them on your phone, Jack. I don't know. Like I don't know what the application process is to get in there. Like what kind of documentation I have to get in there. So I haven't. If I'm just driving around, like I'm just I am curious. I think it's rabies, but yeah, it's on their website. I am curious. Curious. I just yeah. I don't really want to. It's never what I'm going to pre-plan that much. So, <laughs> and you have to. Yeah, Jack is not that in love with his dog. <laughs> I mean, I just uh, to plan listen, a date night. <laughs> I have plenty of times when I need to get him exercise and things to do. So, yeah, but perhaps sometime. All right, moving on. So, but again, and that'll be by the way, that's right in the heart. You know, if that. That being for sale, that's right in the heart of kind of that downtown O Street bar district. district. Right in the bar district. Yeah, somebody will come along. Yeah, yeah, where a lot of those places are still going strong from 
back when I was back when I was in college, and I didn't even go to undergrad here, but um, I just you know all of the places that they talked about, a lot of them still this still the same names, still the same same places. And there's even one or two of them that are still around when I was in college. Really? Like what was there then? Brass rail. The rail was there. Yeah, yeah. That's and I don't know. Is not Harry's, necessarily the one is I Harry's wish. Wonder Bar uh, still. Oh, yeah, that's still there on O Street. Yeah, that's there. I wouldn't really think of that as a college bar necessarily, but it's a little bit. Well, it was it's a little then. bit too far east uh, to be a part of. Maybe it is. Yeah. I think it still is. Is it? All yeah. right. Brass uh, rail, not uh, necessarily Harry's. Maybe the maybe the uh, college crowd is changing for what they want late at night, which leads us to our next one, sixteen oh one Q Street. What do we have? Well, Dave spotted a building permit a few months ago for Insomnia Cookies. They are finally open. They are at sixteen oh one Q Street in the same building that Lamar's Donut in the same place. I think yes. where Lamar's Donuts used to be, which is next to the current Papa John's Pizza Restaurant. On Q Street. So I already have a uh, review on this because my son oh, happens. I was going to guess your my son. son happens to live a very close walking distance to this place, which may be dangerous. In <laughs> but they but they basically are open late at night for like, like one or two in the morning. Yeah, some it's mornings. like the post bar crowd almost, which is is interesting. But uh, yeah, they came they came back late from. Um, going and doing something, and uh, he said they were open, and they were kind of doing a grand opening, and they were giving out free free stuff, so he tried it, said it was very good, and yeah, it's an interesting concept in in a college, in college towns where they Was it this. good enough that he'll actually pay for it, or is it good enough that he'll just That's a good question. Free? I should have asked him that, but I wouldn't, <laughs> I think, I mean, it, it's got, it'll be a temptation, I'm sure, that close, at least when it's nice outside and you can be out there. So. I, I remember the cupcakes micro-trend, and so mm, now it's, yeah. it's a cookies micro-trend. Yeah, it may be. All right, uh, corporate news. What do we have here, uh, Cornhusker Highway? Yes, uh, Lincoln Journal Star reporting that uh, Halley on drug manufacturing cut, likely to cut a few dozen jobs from its facility. And Bosch Security and Safety has been shifting jobs to Mexico for several months and has the building for, has been for sale for quite a while. I, we, we've seen the building uh, listing yeah, so kind of a um, little bit of desertion going on up well, there along Cornusker Highway. Yeah, I wonder. I don't know the, the the reasons for it, but what you know, what the employment sort of market is, how that impacts that too, as well. When they do that, trying to find people to work there, if it's yeah. about that or if it's about something or cost or any of those things. Lincoln here. still has record low unemployment. Did you look at that yesterday, Dave? Is it like 2% and then the rest of the country is like 4% wow. or something like it's, that? It's been it's, that for a long time, low. but it's lower than... I was than... looking up some other information uh, about uh, employment stuff, but I didn't I, I miss. I didn't look specifically for that. Yeah, okay. but, last but it was I, low. Last Let's... I heard, it was like half of the national. And Dave, I think you had one other permit that we, we could do right here, too. Yeah. Uh, I had a, a permit uh, at 7120 South 29th, and most people wouldn't, that wouldn't ring a bell necessarily, but it's uh, where South Point is. Just to the south, there's some office buildings there, and there is a office building being renovated for Circle City ABA. So ABA stands for Applied Behavioral Analysis. And this is something that I know that they use for autism. And it kind of piques my interest because my wife is a special ed teacher. Uh, so a whole facility that they're going to start uh, here in Lincoln uh, using for 
all sorts of behavioral analysis. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It seems like a good thing to have here. All right. We'll be fascinating to, to hear more about exactly what's happening there. All right. Back to uh, retail. Robin, uh, looks like a uh, closing here on uh, in Uniplex. Uh, this was one that this is the one that got some attention here at uh, a KLIN news story that blew up say, with this. Props. It was Chase, right? Yes, that broke right? that story. That was a very in-depth, very well done. <laughs> you know, he spent some time on that. And um, I talked to this gal a few months ago. She was looking to bail <laughs> because right. this this street thing was coming through and trying to find another small place for a dress shop, which is really difficult in Lincoln. You know, they need to stay together with each other, you know. So she was having a lot of trouble finding another place. She decided to pack it in. She didn't go down quietly. <laughs> Boy, did she complain about that street improvement yeah. dis- district in front uh, of Unfortunately, the in the long term, it'll end up helping the area. Right. It will, yeah. Uh, there's, there's pain uh, in the short term, I think, right. I think she was hoping for some damages, what had been done, but I I can just hear the city at- attorneys advising the city council and saying, hey, you give money to one of them, you got to give money to everybody. It'll mm-hmm. never stop, you know. So we had a little bit of discussion about that on our Facebook page, back and forth. Um, at what point should the city compensate business yeah. victims right well we had the same discussion about the hay market too when uh when you know there, and it may still be a discussion uh, i can't think of the name of the project now but the big tall building bold. The, the yeah bold lincoln the bold lincoln project yeah same thing yeah you know with the, the discussions about that and the all this always comes up when you're doing that wasn't street construction it was you know it was to build the building but same same principle there as well uh and then we discussed this in the morning drive but uh i know you guys got the got the notifications about the south point changes that are coming openings that are coming coming um you just want to go over them one more time i know we talked about in the morning drive but we may have some listeners who missed that robin why don't you do the first one and i'll do a a couple after that yeah rachel the pr executive for south point sent an email to me the other day and um now dave had found building permits for several of these and we've talked about them on this show but she did tell us about one new tenant toy time and yeah and that was one that was new that was news to us yeah they are opening in november next to sephora yeah and then announced you know some of your building permits you had announced on this show previously um rachel had some dates for that oh did she okay uh, uh jojo's diner was one of them that we had talked about before uh j crew uh and they're going to be open any day yeah the diner is going to be open yeah, any day. yeah anytime Soon. j crew's opening on black, black friday, friday which is right that should be a good day to open what, what a great soft no, opening no, day right exactly <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. well and then uh love sack and i heard you earlier say that you would i'm like the only person who hadn't heard of this we told you about we talked it. to you about this <laughs> Be, remember yeah. beanbag furniture? Yeah, Does yeah. That ring about- I don't know, man. I do a lot of these interviews. I gotta tell you. <laughs> <Yeah, right. laughs> wow, quit making me feel so special, okay. Jack. Well, here's the thing. I continue to say now. I, I I have continued to say that I always wish I had some sort of index to go back because you guys do say.
say things, and there's it's a location, and I can't I can't remember what it was. So same thing, I guess. Well, and for here, our so. listeners, if you happen to be going through a roundabout, you probably don't remember it all. <laughs> You're right. so distracted. Right. So, so. love tech. For, that's like beanbags, modular couches, and right. those, those sorts right. of things. But interesting, and the, the toy store. Interesting. You don't hear you don't hear about toy stores as much, right? No. Toys are us closed. Those KB toys and those sorts of things aren't aren't around as much anymore. Maybe it's so. time for toys to come back. Yes. All right. Uh, football on Saturday, so no show. No so show. Qu- will, uh, um, quick update on restaurant openings and closings. We'll have a full report at the end of the year, but neck and neck. Okay. Um, slight edge on closings. Ew. All right. We'll see how the rest of the year shakes out then. Thank you very much, Robin and Dave. Appreciate it. Check them out. Grow Lincoln on social media. If you have any questions about that building going up in your neighborhood, you can ask them about it there. Here's the LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Listen to the Friday Husker Tailgate every Friday this fall. Presented by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedics on 1499.3. Find someone who makes you as happy as this guy does when he says, Touchdown, Nebraska! It's time to go one-on-one with the voice of the Huskers, Greg Sharp. Brought to you by Bryant Air Conditioning, Heating, Electrical, and Plumbing. All right, it's 837. Welcome back. LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Glad to have you back with us. 62 degrees right now. Cloudy, dreary skies in the capital city. And uh, time to talk a little Husker football. Voice of the Huskers, Greg Sharp, also host of Sports Nightly. You can hear right here on KLIN. Joins us right now. Good morning, Greg. How are you doing today? Jack, I'm great. I'm better than the weather today. I, I feel really good today. Yeah, oh, that's that's good. Um, yeah, because Saturday it sounds like Saturday sounds like it will be interesting. the uh, The latest forecast, hour by hour, for Saturday at kickoff is uh, 36 degrees, uh, wind at 13 miles an hour, increasing during the game, gusts up to 25 miles an hour, 65 percent chance of precipitation, which will likely be a mixed sort of winter mix there, uh, and that'll go on throughout the uh, throughout the game. So. That's what we're looking at Saturday. Matt Rule says, "Bring it." Matt Rule is the, Matt Rule is the most excited and maybe the only one super excited about this situation. <laughs> uh, we'll get into the impacts that might have on the game um, here in a bit when we look ahead a bit to Purdue. But let's take a look back at this week, and I, I guess I want to start before we even delve into the Northwestern game. The story of this week has been more injuries, and man, at this point, Greg, it is like, I, I assume you feel this way too, it's like nothing I've ever seen on a team in terms of injuries on one side of the ball in particular, and everyone's kind of looking for answers. I don't know if there are any, but have you ever seen anything like this? No, nothing close, and it's the second time this year that Matt Rule has popped up to a Monday press conference and delivered those kind of body blows. I mean, you remember the one back in September where it was, well, Gabe Irvin's done for the year. Ramir Johnson's done for the year. You're like, holy cow. And then he comes up this week, and Turner Corcoran, Ethan Piper, both out for the year. Nuri's out for a couple of weeks. You're like, oh, my goodness. And it's it's mostly on one side of the ball. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we've got a few nicks and, and bumps on the defensive side, but it's almost all on the offensive side of the football, and it's just crippling to, uh, to Marcus Satterfield and what Nebraska's trying to do offensively. Yeah, so let, let's talk a little bit about the impact of, of the injuries. And when you've got, th- I mean, three offensive linemen that are not going to be available, as you mentioned, two of them out for the season. Uh, Nuri, I think they hope to get back a, a little bit later at this point. Um, 
You, you've got a few other guys, Greg, on that line that you've seen mix in a little bit in, in Litovsky and, and Prohaska, but how do you think Nebraska is going to sort of arrange things and, and what is this new-look offensive line going to be, and, and how do you think they'll play? Yeah, and the third guy is Justin Emmons Jenkins. And, and, I mean, yeah. He's played a lot in that heavy package. Uh, so I think I, I feel good about that group. <laughs> Anything else, and you're just like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I think even Marcus Satterfield said that on Tuesday. He's like, yeah, we're, we're good with that five, but then after that you're going to throw some people out there that have not been on the field. So perhaps will be your left tackle. Justin Evans Jenkins will be your left guard. Ben Scott, thank goodness, is still fine. He did leave the game for a play or two Jeez. last week, but he's okay. And then Henry Latovsky be your right guard. And, and Bryce Benhart, who's played really well, quietly has played very well at right tackle. Uh, that's your five. After that, mm, boy, it gets a little a little dicey. Yeah. So hopefully you don't see anybody in that front five going down this week. Yeah, well, you got guy, you got a few guys that I was watching play high school football a year ago. Um, exactly right. Who, who are in Nebraska, uh, which who I think are going to be good players. But yeah, it's a, it'd be a it'd be a quick move up for them, especially along the offensive line. And and I guess it's interesting. You talked about Ben Hart playing well, and I've seen and heard the same thing from um, people who who you know know a lot about offensive line play. It's it's been interesting, Greg, because usually offensive line is garnering a ton of conversation in this state. It did last year, and it just I don't know if it's just a function of the other positions, what the offense is doing, the way the defense is playing. But I've never I've never remembered such little discussion about the offensive line, and so it's like I kind of have to revisit and be like, okay, how have they been doing? What what do we what do we think of them? I'm curious. What is what is kind of your take on how the offensive line is held up this year and in the second year with Rayola in charge? Well, before Monday, it was a very veteran group. A group yeah. that played a lot of college football, and I think that's just kind of uh, manufactured itself into a pretty good front. And, you know, when you're right at the top of the league and running the football, you're doing some really good things. They, they've done a fairly good job in protecting quarterbacks, whether it be Sims or Harburg. So I think that, you know, a solid B for that group with what they've done this year. And some of that I think you could have expected because of how many starts and, and number of snaps that that group has had together. That's the biggest thing, and that's my biggest worry for this week is now you're throwing a bunch of guys that have not played together. The offensive line kind of works as one. Even though it's five individuals, they kind of work as one. They have to all kind of communicate and pass off and hand off guys and all those type of things. That's what makes me nervous about moving forward with a lot of new guys in different spots. Yeah. But the, the, the five that have been playing – up until this week, I think a solid B for that group. Yeah. Uh, be careful when you play this week. Actually, that probably is worse when you're, when you're thinking about injuries. But my goodness, especially the wide receivers and the offensive linemen at this point, and the running backs, to be honest. And speaking of running backs, I'm, I'm, it, it sounds like Emma Johnson is, is working his way into, well, I mean, he has worked his way into more time, but it sounds like that may be increasing even throughout the rest of the season at this point. I'm curious now that you've got to see him in, in game action a couple of times, two, three times here at this point. What your thoughts on him? What you know, kind of what you think his style is going to be as a running back, and and what his potential is here at Nebraska. He's still pretty young. Yeah, I like him. I think the coaches do too. He's a really athletic kid, heck of a high school basketball player in his days up in Minnesota, and one just an incredibly coachable young guy. And so, you know, seventy three yards rushing for him in his opening game as a starter. So I think that will continue. Anthony Grant, I thought ran hard carried the football better when he was out there last week. So I think that's your one-two punch with Fleeks getting a little bit of playing time and some snaps 
maybe as a third back in there. But I, Emmett, I think, has got a nice upside to him. Is he a feature back forever? I, I don't know about that. I need, I just see, I need to see more mm-hmm. uh, than just what we've seen to this point in time. But I thought he did a really nice job in, in week one. I'm curious what you think the capabilities are as you kind of shift, since you have four wide receivers, the first four wide receivers who are, who are down now, essentially, and then you, it's basically Bullock and then these freshmen uh, who are there now. Obviously, inexperience is something that we've talked about a lot. Matt Rule's talked about a lot, and you know it's part of the reason why there's a bit of a learning curve at that position. But I'm also curious, you know, you saw the, the, the deep pass to Malachi Coleman. You haven't seen a whole lot of those plays this year. Does, does a, a, does a change at wide receiver at, at bringing those young guys in and a little bit different stylistically change a little bit of maybe what you can do with the offense with those guys in there? Again, acknowledging that you're still, they're still a little bit green here. I think so. I think, you know, you can take advantage of their speed. And I think what Malachi's play did was show everybody else on the schedule, Purdue and on down the road. Oh, man, they do have a guy that can take the top off. They do have a, a, a Trey Palmer-like speedster on the outside, and Malachi's not the only one. Dana mm-hmm. Lloyd, you know, can fly. The, he certainly did at the track level at Omaha West Side. And Doss is not exactly a slow kid. So yeah. I think maybe you maybe you see Nebraska take a few more shots down the field here in this back half of the season because those guys have the ability to beat a DB one-on-one. And if you get the right look where the safeties cheating up a little bit, and I certainly think this week you're going to see Purdue load the box big time because, one, they're going to try to take advantage of that inexperienced offensive line. So if you do that, you have to, I think, throw the ball down the field and see if you can go get one to get a big player, even a big touchdown like they did last week with Malachi. So I think that it does kind of change the offense a little bit because of the athletic ability of those three freshmen. Now I'm going to be honest, Greg. Uh, I don't. I, I'm not the play-by-play guy for the team, so maybe my responsibilities are a skosh lower than yours here. I did not know who number ninety was uh, yeah. during that game on on uh, on Saturday, and had to go to my phone and pull up the roster. And I read his name, and I still didn't know who he was after that. Uh, what was your reaction to to James Williams, a, a guy coming in, uh, a, a JUCO transfer uh, originally from I think the Kansas City area, uh, coming in here and then kind of being used as a pass rush specialist and having some success at it at an already pretty loaded position for the most part. Yeah, he wasn't on my chart. I mean, <laughs> I, I wondered. I thought, you know, at one time, the first time he was on the field, I, I kind of looked over at Ben McLaughlin, my spotter, and I'm like, "Was that 90 out there?" And he's like, "Yeah." And I go, "I had no clue he was that close to playing for this team." But you know, he yeah, he was a really good find by the staff over the summer. He came to one of their camps in June, and they're going, "Hmm, this guy's got some ability." And so then, uh, for over the last month, six weeks. They've been having a hard time blocking him in practice. And so I think they said, let's put him out there. They, they nicknamed him Stackman. That's his nickname of the team uh, because the guys have a hard time getting to get into the ground. So I think I don't think we're done seeing him. And just add that name, Jack, to that growing list of guys along the defensive line that can play. Yeah. And so, I mean, I just think what a great find and another good indication that this staff is – is not leaving any stone unturned. They're looking for players like James Williams to add to the roster all the time. By the way, he's only listed at he's listed at six five two thirty five. Yeah. Uh, not a big, and I could tell even in the media interviews, like he's tall, but he's not like a super, you know, a big. He's kind of a, I guess, kind of speed and technique is is what's doing it for him uh, at that pass rush position. Imagine him in six eight months from now. They get him in that weight 
program more, particularly in yeah. January and February, and get him up to 250, 255 with that burst that he has. He's pretty twitchy coming off the edge. So we're not done seeing him this year. Uh, now, I do think they'll try to keep him under the four-game limit so that they don't lose a, sh- a year. But, man, did he come up big last week in, in that game against the Wildcats. Yeah. What, what does it – what is it about this defense? Like just bring it. You know, Bayer kind of did it earlier this year when they they threw him in and had success right away. And now he's you know a pretty normal part of the defense. It feels like they've done this with three or four guys where they're putting him in a pretty specific role, Greg, and kind of catering to really what they do well. And it just seems like man, they are hitting on all of these right now, which is a nice place to be in at this point. You make you're making me smile because yeah. I just think it's that staff. I think that they're so in sync with each other. And they're so creative, and they look at guys and say, okay, what can he do? Where can he help us? And they find the right niche for him. It's kind of a secret sauce that that group has done. And Tony White gets a huge amount of credit for this. Now, he certainly tries to pass it off to Coach Rule as well, and I'm sure that's part of it. But I just think all those guys, Pot Rose, who's Terrence Knighton, I think you know he's done an amazing job with that defensive front, Rob Dvorak. Has got those linebackers all playing so well. We're seeing great development. And Evan Cooper, I think we've known as is a rising star in the industry as the defensive backs coach. So that that side of the ball, it is Nebraska's got that thing put together really well. And uh, I, I just think those guys all work together. They look for ways uh, somebody can maybe help them out in a certain situation, and and they're and they're not afraid to try to to push a different button as the season goes along. And I think that is fantastic. So I'm curious, from the press box, did you think Omar Brown was going to run that run that guy down from behind like he did? I mean, it looked it looked on TV. I was like, oh my gosh, this is gone. And then Brown closed. I don't know if the running back wasn't too fast or Brown just went into super speed mode, but he runs that guy down, and it was one of about three plays where it looked like, oh my gosh, this could be a touchdown or either a huge gainer, and guys didn't quit on the play uh, and made a huge difference. You ever seen the thing the Atlanta Braves do in the seventh inning where they have that, that guy that runs <laughs> sprinter? Down somebody in that runs yeah. The, yeah, the sprinter around yeah. the warning track. It's yeah. kind of like that. You're kind of like, okay, this this could go for a touchdown. And all of a sudden, here comes Omar Brown in about 10 yards, makes, up, makes the whole thing up. What a great play. That There's three really big-time defensive plays last week. That was one of them. Yeah. That saved points. I mean, they ended up getting three, but that could have been seven if he just kind of gives up on the play. Malcolm Hartsog doing the same thing. To Bryce Kurtz on the long pass down the sideline. That one I thought for sure was going to be into the end zone. That ends up only being three points instead of seven. Well, there's six points. There's four points. My math's not very good. There's eight points. (laughs) That ties the game up if we don't make those two plays. And the other one was Isaac Gifford blowing that screen up early in the third quarter. Just amazing play by Giff. And those three plays were just huge in a game that ended up being pretty tight. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious. Just you're watching Gifford, and and a lot of times I'll rewatch the games or rewatch extended highlight cuts, and I even notice Gifford more on those second times through than than I do the first time. I, I, I'm when you're prepping, when you're seeing these things, when you're looking at these things to get ready. What do you see from him? Because it seems like he just, I don't know, he kind of just does everything well right now. So many different things. Well, what makes him so good right now? Maybe you can articulate it better than I can. Well, I think that's exactly it. He does everything really well. I mean. Coaches love him. They didn't take them long when they got on board in December to realize he was going to be one of their gold star type players. And, you know, he obviously grew up in a football family, older brother playing in the NFL. He's, he's just been around it his whole life. Uh, and he can, he can cover 
on the outside. He can come up and help and run support. He's big and strong enough that he doesn't get lost in the shuffle, and that's why he was able to split that screen pass and get by those offensive linemen. He used some strength and speed to kind of slip by those guys. You know, as Coach Rule said, I think this he said this on the TV show, he goes, you know, in that play right there, Giff's job is to kind of try to slow that play down so more help gets there. He goes, not only did he do that, he made the play, he made the tackle. Yeah, he was the first he to goes, touch him. Yeah. That's the the wildest thing is that, you one, you want to just get in there and kind of mess it up and foul up the timing of it. Not expected to make the tackle, but he did all of it yeah. in one play. He is our leading tackler on this football team, and right now I think he would be your – your MVP on that side of the ball, right. though Nash Hutmakers certainly uh, would be right with him in that discussion. And it's it's so fun too because Isaac uh, or uh, Gifford, Isaac Gifford, Lincoln guy, watched him play at Southeast Malachi, Lincoln East guy, right? Watched him, watched him play at East Alvano, Omaha guy, kicked kicked the big mm-hmm. field goal, Harburg, Carney guy. I mean, you can go through. You, I don't know when you've been able to go through this roster like this um, and be able to do that. So many guys contributing. I even went on a on a hunt trying to find games where you had three Nebraskans score, and there aren't. There aren't and nobody else score, and there aren't many of them. So uh, it's cool how much they've relied on on these local local products that we've seen so much of. Um, okay, real quick, Greg Purdue. I, you know, I know new coach this year, and you know whether it was under Tiller or Brom in the past, they've always kind of been a pass first outfit. They bring in Hudson Card this year from Texas, uh, who can run a little, but he's he's a passer too. Is that? Number one, is that still what they are? Are they a similar offense to what they've been? And number two, how much does that change if it's a rain-snow mix and a bunch of wind in that stadium? Well, their OC is Graham Harrell, the former Texas Tech quarterback from back in our Big 12 days. And, yeah, so he's from that Air Raid family, Mike Leach group. But they've got two good running backs, Tyrone Tracy, the former Iowa Hawkeye, and Devin Maccabee, who ran for 170-plus against Nebraska last year. So – Harrell's done a pretty good job of mixing it up. They'll run the ball quite a bit. Uh, so they have a pretty good balance. You mentioned Hudson Card. I like him a lot. I, one, he's a good passer. Two, he can hurt you with his legs. So it's a really good offense. What would be great, and you, you referenced the forecast, if it's really windy and tough to throw the football, you maybe can limit that ability for the Purdue offense and make them just try to run the ball all day, which Nebraska's done such a great job defending the run. You like that and play that into your hands. But it's a good little offense. Ryan Walters, uh, man, he got dealt a tough hand, Jack. I don't know who put together their schedule. But you go back and look at that non-conference. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, they played a really good Fresno State team that's been ranked some this year. Then you're going and playing Virginia Tech and Syracuse. I mean, what are you doing in, in this day and age in the Big Ten? Uh, so he just got dealt yeah. a tough hand, but they're not, they're better, I think, than the two and five record that they have so well, far. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you because I don't know how to make heads or tails out of looking at their resume, I guess, right? Uh, like you mentioned, they lost that first Fresno State game by four. Then they go on the road, I think, and beat Virginia Tech, yep. um, you know, who was a little rough then, but they've gotten a bit better. Then they lose to Syracuse at home, uh, lost to Wisconsin, but then they blow Illinois out 44 19, right? Lose to Iowa, keep it close. I just, I don't quite know. I don't quite quite know this far into the season even exactly how good this team is or isn't at this point. I, I think they're like a lot of us in the West. I think yeah, probably a lot true. Like Nebraska, a lot like Minnesota, a lot like Wisconsin. I think they're like a lot of those teams, and so I, I think they have some ability. It scares me a bit that they got probably health got healthier with their bye week last yeah. week, and you know Nebraska certainly didn't get healthier. We went the other direction with all the injuries. So this. 
And Matt Rule said it the other day. He goes, this is an even game. This is going to be a really tight football game. And I think the oddsmakers uh, line has reflected that. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Well, it it, it should be fun. Uh, I think I'm going to be uh, in my on my couch during this game. <laughs> um, we'll see, uh, but uh, it should be it should be a lot of fun. And one one game away from bowl eligibility if Nebraska can win this, which is pretty impressive given everything that's happened. Hey, Greg, thanks for your time. We'll be listening this weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. There you go, Greg Sharp, voice of the Huskers. For Nebraska Purdue coming up at 2 30, 10 30 pregame right here along the network. It's 856. We'll take a break, wrap it up for this on KLIN. You're listening to K Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. I cannot duplicate how Brad Anderson says meat urologist, but I love it. It's all him. Meat urologist. Is that what it is? I can't. Meat urologist. No, that's not what it is either. It's it's a little bit. He's obviously said it a lot, and he's very talented at it, in addition to being a meat urologist. Uh, all right, that's it for the show. Thanks to Greg Sharp, the Grow Lincoln team, for joining us. Congrats to the Millennials for winning another oh, season. Thank you. Generation collaboration. Thank you very much. Maybe the X's and the Boomers can get it in 2024. Tomorrow is the Friday Husker tailgate. Mike Schaefer, Kevin Suits will be in, and we will get you ready for Nebraska and Purdue. The drive for bowl eligibility. Two more games left. Will Nebraska chop that in half on Saturday? We will discuss that and more tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you tomorrow. It is 9 o'clock on KLIM Lincoln.